Section 30 of Reviews by Oscar Wilde. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Corrie Samuel. Reviews by Oscar Wilde. Edited by Robert Ross. Section 30 A Ride Through Morocco. Pall Mall Gazette, October 8, 1886. Morocco is a sort of paradox among countries, for though it lies westward of Piccadilly, yet it is purely oriental in character, and though it is but three hours' sail from Europe, yet it makes you feel, to use the forcible expression of an American writer, as if you had been taken up by the scruff of the neck and set down in the Old Testament. Mr. Hugh Stutfield has ridden twelve hundred miles through it, penetrated to Fez and Wazan, seen the lovely gate at McQueenes, and the Hassan Tower by Rabat, feasted with sheikhs and fought with robbers, lived in an atmosphere of moors, mosques and mirages, visited the city of the lepers and the slave-market of Sus, and played loo under the shadow of the Atlas Mountains. He is not a Hereditus, nor a Sir John Mandeville, but he tells his stories very pleasantly. His book on the whole is delightful reading. For though Morocco is picturesque, he does not weary us with word-painting. Though it is poor, he does not bore us with platitudes. Now and then he indulges in a traveller's license, and thrills the simple reader with statements as amazing as they are amusing. The Moorish coinage, he tells us, is so cumbersome that if a man gives you change for half a crown, you have to hire a donkey to carry it away. The Moorish language is so guttural that no one can ever hope to pronounce it aright who has not been brought up within hearing of the grunting of camels, a steady course of sneezing being, consequently, the only way by which a European can acquire anything like the proper accent. The Sultan does not know how much he is married, but he unquestionably is so to a very large extent. On the principle that you cannot have too much of a good thing, a woman is valued in proportion to her stoutness, and so far from there being any reduction made in a marriage market for taking a quantity, you must pay so much per pound. The Arabs believe the Sharif of Wazan to be such a holy man, that, if he is guilty of taking champagne, the forbidden wine is turned into milk as he quaffs it, and if he gets extremely drunk, he is merely in a mystical trance. Mr. Stutfield, however, has his serious moments, and his account of the commerce, government, and social life of the Moors is extremely interesting. It must be confessed that the picture he draws is in many respects a very tragic one. The Moors are the masters of a beautiful country, and of many beautiful arts, but they are paralysed by their fatalism, and pillaged by their rulers. Few races indeed have had a more terrible fall than these Moors. Of the great intellectual civilization of the Arabs, no trace remains. The names of Averroes and Almaimon, of Al-Abbas and Ben-Husa, are quite unknown. Fez, once the Athens of Africa, the cradle of the sciences, is now a mere commercial caravansary. Its universities have vanished, its library is almost empty. Freedom of thought has been killed by the Koran, freedom of living by bad government. But Mr. Stutfield is not without hopes for the future. So far from agreeing with Lord Salisbury that Morocco may go her own way, he strongly supports Captain Warren's proposition that we should give up Gibraltar to Spain, in exchange for Ceuta, 
and thereby prevent the Mediterranean from becoming a French lake, and give England a new granary for corn. The Moorish Empire, he warns us, is rapidly breaking up, and if, in the general scramble for Africa, that has already begun, the French gain possession of Morocco, he points out that our supremacy over the Straits will be lost. Whatever may be thought of Mr. Stutfield's political views, and his suggestions for multiple control, and collective European action, there is no doubt that in Morocco England has interests to defend, and a mission to pursue, and this part of the book should be carefully studied. As for the general reader who, we fear, is not as a rule interested in the question of multiple control, if he is a sportsman he will find in El Maghreb a capital account of pig-sticking. If he is artistic, he will be delighted to know that the importation of magenta into Morocco is strictly prohibited. If criminal jurisprudence has any charms for him, he can examine a code that punishes slander by rubbing cayenne pepper into the lips of the offender. And if he is merely lazy, he can take a pleasant ride of twelve hundred miles in Mr. Stutfield's company, without stirring out of his armchair. El Maghreb, Twelve Hundred Miles Ride Through Morocco by Hugh Stutfield, Sampson Lowe, Marsden and Company. End of section thirty. A ride through Morocco.